God gave the growth. 1 Corinthians 3.6 Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and once again, the opening quote from the book is... Weird? And was there nothing else in the Bible about growing up? I don't know, but God gave the growth? And even the translation's a weird one to choose. I mean, there's many, many different ways this quote has been translated. It could have simply said, uh, I don't know, let me just grab one of these at random. Um, God has been making it grow. It was God who made it grow. Uh, what else? Uh, God made them sprout and grow. God has given the increase. God was gr causing growth. Uh, God gave the growth, though. He went with God gave the growth, which I guess that's that's fine. Um, it's also a weird, uh, weird just chapter and verse to select because this doesn't really have anything to do with growing up in the context of the Bible. Uh, we've covered 1 Corinthians before. It's it's the first epistle to the Corinthians uh, by Paul to the, well, obviously the church at Corinth. And, but, but in this section, he's really talking about not a child growing up. He's talking about this guy, Apollos, who was one of the early, like, uh, church like leaders like one of the people who helped get the churches whip the churches into shape and he, so he's talking about the church leaders and he says for one when one says i follow paul and another i follow apollos you're not are you not mere human beings he's uh he's saying that like you can be really spiritual but but you're still just a person you're not god uh you're not jesus and he's like what is apollo so what's paul we're only servants though through whom you came to believe. He's like, we're just the people who helped you start believing in God and in Jesus Christ and in his divinity. Uh, the Lord has assigned each person to their own task. He's like, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Then he keeps going on. He's like, you know, the one who plants and the one who waters, they have purpose and they'll each be rewarded for the, what, the, what they're doing. Uh, but they're just co-workers. He actually, in this translation of the New International Version, he says, we are co-workers, which I like, in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And I laid the foundation as a builder. Someone else is building on it, but we're just doing our jobs. As you can see, there's a lot of context to this quote that God did the growing. God, God gave the growth. He's not talking about when a little kid grows up. In fact, this, that doesn't really have much to do with this book in any case. Uh, this is a book about growing up and growing older and what happens when a person reaches a certain turning point in their life, when they hit a milestone, if I can use that overused word. But it's not, it even involves some prayer, but not really a whole lot of like religion per se. Uh, it's not about who's responsible for a child reaching a certain age. It's just about a child reaching a certain point in their life. Not that there's anything wrong with quoting the first Corinthians, but it's a, it's a weird choice. Uh, I mean, after, I mean, couldn't you have gone with like, for everything, there is a season, a time to, you know, a time to, or even, I believe, what, isn't it first Corinthians? Isn't this the one that has, uh, that has the whole thing about, 
when I was a yeah, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, uh and then and then you like but when I got to a certain age, I put away childish things. Like isn't that isn't that this one? 1 Corinthians uh yeah, 13 1 Corinthians 13:3. Uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I grew up, I put away the things of a child. That, literally, if he had read, like, a few more lines, he would have gotten to an appropriate verse, and chapter and verse, from the actual book he was quoting from, Hello, this week we're doing Gifts of the Spirit, Growing Up. It's 2023's Gifts of the Spirit, Growing Up, and it's a, it's a turning point. In the Berenstain Bears universe, lore, writings, character development. This is a book beyond all other uh, Berenstain Bears books involving the character who goes through the metamorphosis. This is a major milestone. 2023's Berenstain Bears Gifts of the Spirit growing up. It's our final Gift of the Spirit book until the next one comes out. Like, there's more in the pipeline, don't worry. Uh, that'll help us put together this puzzle that is the Gifts of the Spirit series, which isn't a complicated puzzle. It's just a fascinating puzzle. Uh, we have learned so much. We have talked about so many gifts of the Spirit, from, from caring, to sharing, to love, to the gift of being a family, to the gift of fairness, to the gift of trust. Uh, last time we talked about the family unit and what it means to be a family and what that means to have an actable gift. But now is the gift of the Spirit of growing up. And what does it mean that growing up is a gift of the Spirit? Is it a gift that has been given to you? Probably not, because we know that all of these gifts that we've been discussing so far have been actable. There have been things you can do, not simply things that you are or things that you possess. After all, a gift is only a gift if it transfers from one person to another person. Therefore, the gift of growing up can be it can be interpreted as God has given you this gift, the ability to mature, but that's not what this book is about. This book is about you giving the gift of your own growth to your family, to the world. It's you taking action. It's you making a choice to step into the position, the job, the responsibilities of an older person. And that responsibility, that gift, falls on our very own Honey Bear, that's right. This is a book about Honey Bear, not as a passive participant, not as an observer, not as a person to whom things happen, but as a person who makes a choice. This might be the most important choice Honey Bear has ever made, and what is the choice? Let's find out. So, it's a, this is a very Berenstain Bears book. This is probably one of the more Berenstain Bearsy books of the last like of this whole series, in the sense that it's not just about the Bear family. It's not just about their values and morals. The plot is very Berenstain, like classic Berenstain Bears. In that, Honey Bear has this blanket. She's had it since she was a baby. She keeps it with her in the crib. She pulls it, drags it around wherever she's going. She loves this blanket. It's her snuggly blue blankie. Uh, neither of my kids ever had a blankie or something that they were like totally attached to. They would go through phases where they had toys or dolls or stuff stuffies that like they really liked and wanted around. But those things would sort of swap out. We never really had a, a big a blankie that our children was there like security blanket. I had a doll, a Henry dog, when I was a kid. 
uh, that I would not go anywhere without. So that was my security animal. I remember I once accidentally brought it with me into school in like first grade, and that was a huge no-no. You weren't allowed to bring any kind of toy into school, and I had be it had it had it, it had to be confiscated by the teacher and put away in the coat closet. And I just worried about my Henry dog the entire time. But that's not what I'm talking about. My sister actually had a Henry dog that was kind of her security blanket. Uh, it was a huge Henry dog. I mean, it was like the size of her, and she would drag that thing around with her everywhere. Uh, what happened was eventually he got so filthy and disgusting. My mom threw him in the washing machine and he ripped open and all of his stuffing came out and my sister thought my mom had killed him. That was awesome. I wasn't there for it, but it was a family story we all shared. So we had our Henry dogs. So my sister could probably relate to this more than I could if she has even any memory of it occurring, but not, neither of my kids had their security blanket, but honey does. And this is a blue, nasty, blanket the thing is disgusting it's it's starting to smell she drags it around she drags it through like the dog's sleeping area uh she she drags it through the dirt she eats with it so it gets food all over it she pretends it's a cape when she's pretending to be super bear brother and sister are nauseated by this thing uh she does we see just we see her dumping i i think it's supposed to be juice but it looks like a bucket of slime all over it this blanket is a problem in the family. It has mama worried. It has papa worried. It makes people want to vomit when they see it. It's nasty. It's disgusting. It's crawling with germs. And how do we know the family hates it? Like, just absolutely hates it. Because mama's like, we've got to do something about Honey's blanket. It's very, she's getting too old for it. And it's very dirty. What do we do? And uh, brother's like, oh, let's just throw it in the trash. <laughs> and sister's all, hmm. Let's throw it in the garbage. And I love that there's this differentiation between throwing something in the trash and throwing something in the garbage. Uh, from the thought bubbles over their heads, throwing something in the trash means you throw it in the trash can in your house. Throwing something in the garbage means you throw it in the industrial size dumpster behind your house so that you make sure the garbage people take it away. Papa goes a step further. Uh, he says we could burn it. And the image in his head is him throwing it on the leaf pile. It's such a detailed fantasy in his head though that he actually has the fire hose like the water hose dab like in his imagination like for safety i guess like i've thought this through we'll get the hose i'll have a leaf pile he's raking at the moment he's like we'll just toss the blanket on the leaf pile we'll burn it in front of her we'll make her watch it burn and mom is like no 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 you're going to do irreparable emotional damage to our child if you do that to her and he's like but we have to do something this thing is filthy. It's nasty. So, of course, Mama takes the bull by the horns. She doesn't make a big deal out of it, all you Mama naysayers out there. She just, she puts her mind to it. She starts thinking about it. She thinks about what to do about this blanket all day. She thinks about it while she's cleaning the house. She thinks about it while she's working in her garden. She thinks about it while she's sewing a quilt. And I love the picture of Mama sewing her quilt. Mike, you outdid yourself. Mama's making a face I've never seen Mama make, any of the bears make. It's this very like her eyes are looking up into the sky she's thinking really carefully she has the needle in one hand her mouth is in that tight little mouth face you make when you're really thinking hard about something but like not like straining she just like, like it's just it's weighing on her mind and mike has put this shadow on one side of her face just this little bit of shading on one side of her face just to let you know that like I don't, I don't know. It, it, it adds a little moodiness to the image. Like, her thoughts are elsewhere. She's worried about this blanket. 
Uh, finally, she starts praying about it. She gets down on her hands and knees, prays to good God Almighty right before bed. What do I do about this blanket? She has a nightmare about this blanket. She has this dream that she's being chased by the blanket. Or is she chasing the blanket? I don't know. It's it's eating at her. It's worrying her. And then, like happens, she wakes up the next day. She knows what she's going to do. She has an idea. She, she hit the threshold of revelation, and here it comes. It was, was this answer handed to her by God, or was it simply the thing where if you sleep on something, your brain continues working on the problem all through the night, as is probably evidenced by the dream? Who knows? It's a religious book, so I think we're supposed to like maybe hook on to the idea that God gave her this revelation or helped her brain process it. The book doesn't belabor the issue. Take from it what you will. If you're reading this with your kids, hey. Maybe you can talk about this. Where do you think her idea came from? Mama's pretty smart. She probably would come up with this idea in the first place. Like, she probably should have come up with this idea in the first place. Because what she does is she just sneaks into Honey Bear's room while Honey Bear's taking a nap and throws the blanket in the washing machine. That's literally the solution to their problem. What do we do about this dirty blanket? Well, let's take a few days to think about it. Oh, probably we should just throw it in the washing machine. Just throw it in the washing machine. We'll just wash the blanket. It's wild to me that this was her answer like it seems never mind so here's where my thoughts went my thoughts went to what happened to my sister with her henry dog right what happened to henry dog he ripped open all of his stuff and came out he fell apart he had to be fixed but he wasn't the same i thought that's what was going to happen to this because i thought this ratty blanket going through a washing cycle is just going to crumble into dust it's going to become tattered it the, the threads are going to come loose it's going to fall apart and honey bear She's going to have to learn a hard lesson. That nothing lasts forever. I don't remember who this happened to. Uh, in, in my mind, it was one person, but my memory tells me it may have been another. I don't remember. Someone I knew had a stuffed, I think, a Winnie the Pooh. And it was this Winnie the Pooh that they grew up with. Like, they, they had it as a baby. They had it as a tiny child. And it was repaired and repaired and repaired and repaired. Until finally the mom couldn't repair it anymore. Like the mom would always like sew it back up, put a little more stuffing. But the thing became so ratty that it was just unfixable. And so the mom said, what do you want to do about it? You know, do you want to do you want to put it away? Like put it up on a shelf where you don't have to worry about it anymore. Falling apart. What do you want to do? And the friend of mine who I again can't remember who it was made the choice to throw the Winnie the Pooh away. And when they told me the story, again, don't remember who it was, but I very much remember listening to this story because it moved me to tears. They remember crying and carrying the Winnie the Pooh, like this, this falling apart toy, out to the, the outside trash can and throwing it away, uh, letting it go, and how that was kind of this, like, and how the parents were like, this is a huge step. We're so proud of you. We understand this is very sad. Thinking about it right now makes me a little bit choked up because it's just such a painful like thing that the child chose to do, but they chose to do it. I remember they chose to do it themselves. They were like, no, I need to do this. I need to let this thing go. And like what a wild like psychologically, it's a child preparing themselves for the realities of life and death, but it's not being forced on them. The parents were surprised they made this choice. I don't know why this story stuck with me forever. Again, not the person it happened to. But the story, and so like in my mind, as I'm reading this book, I'm like, there's so many places this story could go. The thing could fall apart. It could become too ratty. You know, Honey Bear could have an emotional breakdown. It's a very, you know, this is a huge step. The book is called uh, The Gifts of the Spirit, Growing Up. What's going to happen? What's going to be the traumatic event that causes us to grow up? Because this thing looks great. 
It comes out of the washing machine spotless. It smells great. It looks clean. Mama sneaks into Honey Bear's room. Uh, presumably, it's it's dried as well. Sneaks the blanket back under Honey Bear's head. That evening, Honey Bear comes down for dinner, and she doesn't have her blanket, her blankie. She's not holding it. She's not dragging it around. She's not wearing it. She just sits down at the table in her high chair. It's not a high chair. It's like a high. It's like a lifted chair, but it's not a high chair. Starts eating, and they're all just like a gu 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 And we have this great Papa Bear face that Mike drew. Uh, Mike does this thing with the bear's eyes that Stan and Jan never really did, uh, but he does it with them sometimes being very close together into this like almost like uh, I'm gonna say snorks. So you're not gonna know what I mean, but the snorks had eyes that were frequently drawn as one single solid eye with two pupils. That's kind of how he's drawn Papa. And I used to draw cartoons that way. When I was a kid, I thought it was very fun. I like the way it looks. In any case, they're like, where's your blanket? And we get what for Honey Bear is the most character development I've ever seen in her. Because not only does she has she made a choice, she gets a monologue. Honey Bear says, and I quote, something happened to it. It smells funny now. So I gave it to little lady. I think I'm getting too grown up for a blankie anyway. That's Honey's. That's like the. I think the most Honey has ever spoken at one time in a book. It's a monologue. It's, it's, it's a monologue, and it's 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 structured like a monologue. Something happened to it. She sets it up. It smells funny now. So she's explaining what's wrong with her blanket. So I gave it to little lady. She took action. I think I'm getting too grown up for a blankie anyway. So what this tells us is that through this whole process, this has been weighing on Honey's mind. And she's been looking for a reason to just cut the cord once and for all. And what the reason is, is Mama cleaned her blanket. And then she made a choice. So we're going back to, well, let's finish the story because it's almost over. The family's relieved that they didn't have to do anything to take the blanket away. Little lady is tearing the blanket to shreds, chewing on her nice, new, clean blanky and mike once again kudos for a drawing his drawing of little lady is phenomenal i love the way he draws little lady tearing this blanket to shreds the gifts of the spirit the gifts of the spirit are actable gifts they are gifts that are not only given to you they are gifts that you give to others they are actions you take you care you love you uh, you keep your family a family through acknowledgement of the of the of the things they have done for you, through the acknowledgement of the hard times, the good times. That fair is fair. Fair is not a state of being. Fairness is not something you walk into. Fairness is something you practice. It's something you practice and you pass on to other people. It is a way you treat others. It's not a way you envision yourself being. Uh, sharing is something you have to do. Caring is definitely something you have to do. Going to keep batting this over the head, you give people the space they need to be who they are. And that is what the Berenstain Bears, the Bear family, has done, even if they didn't realize that's what they were doing. They get, they were trying to figure out how to fix a problem, not realizing that they were actually giving Honey Bear the space to fix her own issue. And her issue was that she felt like she was outgrowing her blanket, but she didn't know how to let go of it. Mama inadvertently gave her the key she needed to take action. To grow up, to actively grow up. And not in the sense that when someone tells somebody to grow up, which usually just means act the way I want you to act. Honey Bear did something to actively take the next step into growing up, which is let go of a thing that she has been dependent on that used to give her comfort. Now, 
from what she tells us, it doesn't give her comfort anymore. Like, not in the same way. It's just something that she's gotten into the habit of. Let's look back on Berenstain Bears and the bad habit. Carrying a blanket around is not a bad habit, but it is a habit. And it goes along with what Mama said a habit is, which is a rut. You, like her wheelbarrow that takes you out to the garden, you get used to going in one direction, following a rut in the road. It's very hard to get out of that rut, though. And I think Honey Bear was feeling like she was in a rut. She didn't have a bad habit. But she had a habit, carrying the blanket everywhere, being fixed to the blanket, that wasn't giving her the satisfaction it used to give her. It's like smoking a cigarette. You're just doing it because your body is demanding it, not because it's giving you the high it used to. Uh, it's like staying in a bad relationship, even if it's not an abusive relationship, but a relationship that is simply stalled out, isn't going anywhere, and where you don't feel affection for another person anymore. But you keep it going because it's easier than figuring out a way to get out of it. Uh, growing up is kind of the same way. It has some of the same ruts and some of the same tough choices where... I don't want to grow up because it's hard. And also, I would have to give away these things, these habits, uh, these, uh, I don't know, maybe childish things. Uh, Mike, First Corinthians. Uh, these things that I spoke about, these things I understood, these things I thought about. There had to come a time when I put them away. Mike, why didn't you do Corinthians 13.11? Corinthians 13.11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became, I don't know, you don't have to say a man. When I grow up, what are some other versions of this? You don't have to say when I became a man. Uh, you can say, uh, uh, when I grew up, huh? The MSG version, I don't know what MSG stands for. Uh, the message version of the Bible simply says, when I was an infant, I gurgled and cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I let those infant I left those infant ways for good. I don't know how accurate that is as a translation, but you don't have to say when I'm an, when I became an adult, I set aside childish ways, huh? That's the net version, the NET version, the New English translation, huh? Uh, you know, so you, there's when I grow when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. That's the uh, New Living Translation. Mike, you could have done Corinthians. You could have done Corinthians 13.11. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you don't even have to do the through the glass darkly part. Just that part. In any case, that, because that's what, that's what she does. She puts away childish things. She literally puts away a childish thing, gives it to the dog. And giving something to a dog is a good way of ensuring you're never going to get it again. Because the dog's just going to tear it up. And Mama did a smart thing. By doing nothing. She just washed the blanket. She was, In a way, Mama was saying, I'm going to let Honey take care of this. I'm going to do my, my duty as a parent and keep her healthy by not letting her suck on a blanket that like rolled in dog feces. But I'm not going to make the decision for her. However, she did help. Another great thing a parent does. She gave Honey a nudge by changing one little thing in her environment. She let, allowed Honey to process the change herself. She, she made the internal changes in Honey's life become concrete changes by giving them, by manifesting themselves in the, by manifesting the change in the real world by making the blanket not smell the same. That's sort of a, a physical representation of the things that happen to us as we go through life. I remember the first time I picked up my toys, uh, like to play with as a child. Uh, and suddenly realized I didn't know how to play with them anymore. Like my action figures. I picked up like He-Man or a Transformer or something. And I couldn't make myself play with it. 
it just it didn't make any sense anymore. Like the 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 the, the imaginative play that I had been doing as a child, as a little child, the, the part of my brain that did that didn't function the same way anymore. And I was confused because I was like, I know I'm still imaginative. I love making up stories. I love acting. I love entertaining. I just don't understand why this isn't like working. It's not functioning. And I think Honey was going through that. She was carrying the blanket, sucking her thumb, rubbing it on her face and just being like, I know this is supposed to be doing something. It's not doing something. What do I do? Mama externalized that change by changing the way it smells and feels. Honey is able to go, oh, it's not doing anything anymore because it's not the same blanket anymore. It's, it hasn't changed. I have changed since I am incapable of perceiving my own change. It's the world around me that's changing and I have to adapt to this new world growing up. Uh, we're going to be back with more gifts of the spirit. Trust me, they're still coming out. I have some on, I have, I have them on pre-order, I believe, uh, for when they actually drop, uh, because I'm really curious. I'm really, really curious as to where this is going. Um, yeah, it looks like we have, it looks like the next one coming out is gifts of the spirit. Goodness. And uh, then in the fall, we have Gifts of the Spirit helping. I am super curious about goodness because how is that actable? I know it is actable, but I, I, I can't wait to see how Mike chooses to show goodness uh, in, in full form. And of course, I'll be, I'll be getting this book in the next, in the next month or so uh, when it finally drops. But until then, we're going to move on to some other Berenstain Bears books. We're going to have to jump back into the early 2000s because I, I, I haven't, I haven't been in the early 2000s in a while. I'm going to say early 2000s. I think it's like a 10 years ago at this point. That's not early 2000s. Oh my goodness. We are about to be done with the first quarter of the 21st century. Isn't that amazing? Uh, thank you so much for being here with me through a good chunk of the first quarter of the 20th century. Uh, if I if I see this through 2025, I will have been doing this show for 10 years, uh, which isn't a half of 25, but it's a good chunk of it. Uh, so thank you for being with me through this big chunk of a century. Uh, I hope you're with me throughout the rest of this chunk of the century. I hope you stay with me forever. I hope you're able, I hope you're capable of doing it. Uh, and if you're not capable of doing it, if something happens and you stop listening to the show, if something happens and you're incapable of listening to the show, if goodness and graciousness forbid something befalls you that makes you incapable of listening to the show. Just know that you're a cool person and no matter where you are, no matter what happens to you, no matter what you do in your life, and no matter what life does to you, uh, you're still an amazing person. Uh, you still contain within you the capacity to give, to share, to care, to love, uh, to, 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 to embrace your family, to, to incur, inspire trust, to trust others, to treat others fairly, and to grow up. To continue growing, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter where your life has led you, uh, no matter where life might be leading you, you can still grow uh, up to up to the to, to, to the end. You'll still be capable of growing. There are uh, centenarians out there who are learning things every day. I'm learning things every day. Uh, so uh, so what are you learning today? What are you teaching yourself? What are you letting others teach you? And what are you teaching others? Uh, what gifts are you giving to the people around you? How are you 
giving them the space to become the people they can be. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this is Deep in Bear Country. You can find me on Twitter at Beastain Bearcast. You can find me on Facebook at Deep in Bear Country. You can listen to my other shows, Pizza Toast, or it's Del Toro Time if you want to hear me talk more and want to hear me talk more with other people. Because uh, I like talking to other people. Uh, my co-hosts, Willow and Christy, are very important people in my life. Uh, Willow, because she is my daughter. Christy, because she is my friend. And uh, and I think that I think that those connections are good. It's good to have all kinds of connections in your life. I love my family. I love Alana. I love Mitzi. I love Willow. I love everybody. It's great. Uh, I'm also on incredible antidepressants, so those helped as well. Science, which I know Mike is also a big fan of. Medicine, science, uh, pretty factual. <laughs> Mike Baird stayed. It's all good. I'm, I don't know why I'm in a good mood. Um, so join me next time. And we'll talk about some more Berenstain Bear stuff. And I'll see you all next week deep in bear country. <laughs>